So Nehemiah chapter 9, just to be honest, I feel unprepared today. Um, I feel inadequate. I feel like I didn't spend enough time in this. I feel kind of discombobulated. I, I don't even have good notes. Even I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, well, these don't make any, any sense to me either. And, um, and so, yeah, I guess that's it. This week was my birthday. Thank you. I can blame that now, supposedly. So I did it. I did it. So, and it's uh, every year, I'm telling you, every year at my birthday, I, I just have a real rough time with it. I don't know why. I don't know why. So, um, I guess that's it. Um, but if, if you've got your Bibles, please open that. And so, um, let me remind you, even as I say that, and just, just to be really clear, if you attend a church because the preaching is good, that's not the right reason to be there. If you attend a church, a Sunday morning service, because the music is good, that's not the right reason to be there, okay? If you attend a church because the people are super duper nice to you, that's not the right reason to be there, okay? And so, so let me say this, man, this is what we do as I stand up here, and, and please look at me. Some of y'all aren't even looking at me. I have, we have the Word of God, and that's it. I have no tricks. I, I have no fancy anything. You know, like as far as a public speaker, I'm okay. There's way better preachers. But I'm, I promise you guys, we want to build this congregation on the rock-solid Word of God and nothing else. And so please hear me say that regularly. Like that's what we do is we just stand up and say, here's, here's what God has revealed to us. And then we want to be people that we say, okay, Let's just do that. And so I need to remind myself of that. Do you know what we have? We have God's Word and nothing else, right? And so, I, I mean, if you're looking for something fun and cool, and sometimes I'm funny. Sometimes I tell stories that are pretty funny and make, can make people laugh. Sometimes I still tell stories, and I get to the end of them, and I honestly think, why did I tell that story? Like, it has no <laughs> relation with what I'm trying to say, um, I, I say um a lot, I stumble over my words, I stutter, I take sometimes 45 minutes what someone can, can say in three sentences, like it's just, you know what I mean, but I'm like, let's just get together and read, God, read God's word, and so that's what we're going to do, Nehemiah chapter 9, we're still in this, so Nehemiah chapter 9 is uh, this point where the Israelites have confessed their sins, where the wall has been completed, and Nehemiah chapter 9 is a prayer. It is the longest recorded prayer in all of Scripture, and we read the entire thing uh, last week. And I want to start uh, reading it again, and then I want to land on uh, verse 17. So um, let's look here. Just start in verse, what is that, verse 5. I'm going to start reading this prayer. So just make sure you understand the context. This is most likely, this is Ezra standing up and praying this for the people. And so we're not sure it's Ezra, but most likely it is. So start in verse uh, 5. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth, and all that is on it, the seas, and all that is in them, you give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God 
who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. You saw the suffering of our forefathers in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his officials and all the people of his land. For you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the seas before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the way they were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and gave them commands, decrees, and laws through your servant Moses. In their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. Okay, so pause there. That's just a real quick way of um, Ezra saying, hey guys, we're, we're in this situation. And before we start thinking forward, let's make sure that we're looking back. Okay, and this is a very Jewish mindset. You know how their prayer, everything they just said is just, hey, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. And what I think of on this, at least at the very least, is I think of my own prayer life, right? When I think of prayer, I almost always, the list is this, God fix this, make this better, make me happier, take this thing away. And notice how almost always my prayer life, if, let's see, if we're on a timeline, timeline's moving left, right? So if this is my past and this is my future, like if I draw a timeline here, don't, don't you notice how almost always my prayers face which direction? I'm always looking, oh, blah, blah. And my back is to what? To the past, to what God has done. And a very Jewish mindset is they would actually, their mindset is to always be looking back, to be look, at, look back how faithful God is, right? And doesn't that make more sense, by the way? Because if you have your... Uh, if I have my back to the future, I can't see what's coming. But do you want to know something? You want, want me to tell you a secret? If I have my front to the future, I still can't see what's coming. <laughs> you see that, right? But we have this arrogance that if I put all my efforts, all my focus into, into just this, we, we pretend like we're in control of something and we've turned our back on what, has God, what God has done already, right? And so the Jewish mindset is always to look back. I mean, you remember... Um, King David, you know, David versus Goliath, we all know that story, that beautiful children's story where, where David goes out and, and kills Goliath, and then by the way, Goliath is not dead, we need to make a children's book that puts this in there, Goliath is not dead, David runs over, pulls his sword out, and cuts off his head, 
then to kill him, and takes his head and takes it to Jerusalem. I've never seen that in the children's book, by the way. There needs to be a page where he's holding up Goliath's mangled head, right? Someone, we need to make that happen. But you remember the point where everybody's afraid of Goliath, and they have this gigantic thing in front of them, and do you remember what David does? When David comes up, he says, oh, hey, you guys have forgotten. I, I fought off a lion. I fought off a bear. Like God's been faithful. And so while the rest of the world, while the rest of Israel was looking forward to this promise, David was facing which direction? He was looking back. He's saying, no, God's been faithful here, 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 right? And so I, I just think about that, man. Even as we look at this prayer, how much of it looks back at the faithfulness of God, or I even think of it this way, like um, this is something Kinsey and I, like an exercise we have to do. Like we've got two girls and they're, they're six and ten and they're really fun and they're really, uh, they've got a lot of energy. And we try to let them, let that energy out. And so sometimes they're real needy. And so um, there are times when we're feeling sorry for ourselves and we, we get real down. We're like, oh, we just, we're just frustrated with our kids. I know that that's crazy. I know the, we're the only one who ever gets frustrated with our kids. I know that's, yeah, you guys look shocked. But there's times when we get frustrated and we think, oh, we're just, they're just, you know, because it's just like, dad, dad, dad. I mean, even during worship, they're hanging all over me. I want to be like, I, I don't want to smother their childlikeness. But at the same time, I want to be like, dude, personal space, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, and so... And there's times when we get frustrated, and, and what Kinsey and I have to do as a discipline is we have to stop, and instead of facing this way, we have to turn around and look this way. And, and, and we have to stop and realize, man, do you realize, like, let's be so thankful about our problems. Does that make sense? Like, that our, that our children are healthy. You know what I mean? That the biggest issue we have is they're kind of needy. You know, and then if we look back and we see that God has provided over and over and over and over, and He's faithful again and again and again, that really changes our prayer life. Y'all follow me? And so, anyways, um, so all this in the verse, the first fifteen verses, He's looking backwards, and then verse sixteen. What's the very first word? But they, our forefathers, became arrogant and stiff-necked, and did not obey your commands. Verse 17 is what I want to focus on. Here's the real issue. It says, they refused to listen, and they failed to, what's that word right there? Remember the miracles you performed among them. So they refused to listen, or your Bible may say they refused to obey and he says, here's the real problem. They failed to remember. And so this is an issue that we are constantly dealing with, okay? Um, something that I say a lot is I only have two sermons in me. That's it. I have two sermons. That's it. And I just play them on repeat. I don't know if you've noticed. It's the same <laughs> thing, right? I have, there's, there's, and this should be the same with you. I have the, a message of... Um, what, how an unsaved world needs Jesus. Like, that's one message we all need to have. How an unsaved world needs, needs Jesus. And then I have a message of who the saved church is in Jesus. Do you see that? 
And so that's the only two messages I have, is an unsaved world's need for Christ and reminding the church of who they are in Christ. And which one do you think is more difficult, by the way? The second one. Way more difficult. The reason for that is because we are prone to wander. We're prone to forget. Like we forget who we are. We, here's their problem. It says, yeah, they, ref- they refuse to listen. And I want to point out, it, it doesn't say they didn't hear. It says they refuse to listen. And then he says, and they failed to remember. And their problem, guys, is the exact same as ours. We, there's nothing new under the sun. We have not left this in the past. You know, Isaiah says it this way. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. You know, um, I don't, I've never herded sheep, uh, but I've herded children. And I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same, right? And it's like when you're trying to get them to go this way, like if I leave my children on their own, if you leave a gaggle of kids, like, you know, if there's like five, if you turn, what are they going to do 10 times out of 10? They, yeah, they just kind of what? They just wander off. They just scatter. Why? Is because they're kids, <laughs> you know, it's a, they, they just kind of scat. And guys, it's the same story with us that we are prone to forget, we're, we're prone to not remember. And please, please remember the world is trying to convince you that you're not really who you are, you're not, you are not really who God says that you are, right? And the world will constantly try to take God's truth and it will try to distort it and change the message ever so slightly. To where we'll blink and look up one day and we have completely forgotten who we really are. So go to Isaiah 30. I want to make sure we look at this at least. This is one of my favorite. I, I love the book of Isaiah. You need to spend some time. I spent a year in it one time and it was, it was amazing. So this is Isaiah 30. This is, he's going to describe uh, what the Israelites were doing. This is years before Nehemiah, okay? So our context is completely different. This is years before they haven't even gone into exile yet, but this is God speaking to his people through Isaiah, and it's at a time um, when they, they, knew God, they knew God was bringing down punishment, and they were looking, hey, should we return to Egypt? Should we return to what we know? Or should we actually trust the Lord? So look in Isaiah chapter 30. And again, like I said, let's just read through this. Verse 1, it says, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my Spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to, what's that word right there? Egypt. Okay, so notice again, please don't miss the context. This is when they're in Israel, but they, have, they see trouble coming, and they're going to return to where they had been delivered from. Do you see the big picture here? Okay, And so God's people are facing this army coming down from the north, and they think, what do we do? And their first instinct is what? Well, let's go back. Let's go back to where we were in slavery. Let's go back to what we knew. And guys, this is why freedom is so difficult because some people, and I think this is true in all of us, some of us love to be in slavery. Some people don't want freedom. Did you know that? Especially in our culture. We live in a victim culture. And where there is freedom, if I'm truly free, then who is responsible for my actions? I am. 
And please keep that in mind. In our victim culture, some people don't want freedom. They, they want to be told what to do. They want to live under a, a set of rules. Man, this is why some of the most uh, popular preaching and, and some of the most popular uh, church movements don't really teach the Word of God. Instead, they stand up here and I say, hey guys, here's a list. Five ways to make your marriage better. Follow these. Have y'all seen this? Right? Oh, hey guys, here's a list. And they click. And by the way, this, if you're under the age of 25, this is called a pin. Sorry. I, I look, Samuel, I look really shocked right now. And, and they stand up and they say, hey, and you can see it in Christian articles. You can see it. And it's well-meaning, but it's this, it's a list of rules. Hey, here's five tips to better prayer life. Ready? Click. Get your pin. Why is that? Because people love to be told what to do. We all want to go back to Egypt. Are you following me on this? We do. And, and Scripture says, no, there is this freedom in Christ. But freedom is terrifying if you're by yourself. So anyways, they're going, they want to go back. He said, uh, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection. To Egypt's shade of refuge, for Pharaoh's protection will be your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in Zoan and their envoys have arrived in Haines, pretty sure that's a location, not underwear, everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. And then verse 6 says, an oracle concerning the animals of Negev. That's a location in Egypt. He says, though a land of hardship and distress, of lions and lionesses, of adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys' backs, their treasures on the humps of camels, to that unprofitable nation, to Egypt, whose help is utterly useless. Therefore, I call her Rahab the do-nothing. Verse 8, go on, write it on a tablet for them. So remember, this is God telling Isaiah to speak this to his people. He says, inscribe it on a scroll that for the days to come it may be an everlasting witness. These are a rebellious people, deceitful children. Look at this. Children, what's the word? Unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, see no more visions. And to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Look at this. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Hey, do you, do you believe me when I say, guys, nothing has changed? Right? That the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been distorted and, and it, it has been changed to where it's just a, instead of a, a lot of the message of the gospel has gone from, hey, you need to die to yourself and then you are born alive in Jesus. Like, please remember that. There's two sides of that coin. When we talk about being alive in Christ, if you flip that coin over, that means that I am dead to myself. Are you following me on that? This is extremely countercultural. When I say we're alive in Christ, I'm also saying we are dead to ourselves. That's gospel truth. But in, in our religious world, people, they do this. They put their ears over that and they say, uh-uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. 
Instead, what in our culture does is, is we treat Jesus like he's the last item on the buffet at the end at Golden Corral, right? And, that the, and this is our culture, by the way, and let me step on some toes here, is our culture says what it means to be a follower of Jesus is this is my plate. You see my plate? And I'm going along the buffet that is life, and I scoop up. Hey, please hear me. I scoop as much as I can on that thing. You know what I mean? Right? And do you remember when, um, what was it place? Mongolian stir fry. What's that place called? Genghis Grill. Do you remember Genghis Grill? Yeah? Okay. It was awesome. It was a place where you'd go, and they would do the wok thing, and it was stir fry, and you would get one bowl, and you would, like, (laughs) I would always get in trouble because you could only do one trip. And they gave me one bowl, and if you're a guy in the room, it's like, challenge accepted. Are you all with me on this? It's, and yep, that's right. And so even what I would do is I would, on the edge of the bowl, like the trick is you could take some like um, chicken strips and have them lay out, and then as you pile stuff on, then you use the chicken strips as adhesive to hold everything else on top of the bowl. And so the bowl is, yeah, that's a pro move right there. You young guys, you need to be writing this down. And so the bowl... You, you get my point. When I have a single pass, that bowl isn't not flat. And, it would be, and then they'd always upcharge me like $4. And I'm like, that's fair because I'm being annoying, right? But that's, by the way, that's how our culture is, is what we do is we go along and here's my plate, here's my bowl. And, and our culture is telling you constantly, hey, get as much as you can. Scoop as, I mean, and this is why, by the way, some of y'all are absolutely exhausted, it's because the culture tells you every minute of every day, fill that thing up more, more, more. You, you've got an extra 20 minutes here, fill that up. Don't rest, don't Sabbath, don't trust God. You need more, more, more. And then we get to the very end of the line. And by the way, this is what our culture has done to the gospel. And here's Jesus. And what do we do with Jesus? We scoop him up and we just plop him on there. And we find room, right? Guys, that, that's not what it means to die to yourself, Please hear me say that, okay? For, for many people, the gospel has been so distorted that they think that following Christ means that I add church into my already busy schedule. And what it means to be alive in Christ means that you die to yourself. And what it means to be alive in Christ is that when you get to the end of that buffet and your bowl is full, here's what Jesus calls us to do is when he sees us right there, he says, here's the offer of eternal life. And he says, this is what I want you to do with your plate. Watch me. He says, I want you to take everything that's in it and dump it on the floor. Everything. Give it away to me. And then take me and put me in there, and I will satisfy. Are you all following me on this? But that, we have no place for that in the church because what that does is, is that stands in the face of your busyness as importance right? That stands in the face of your accomplishments as, you're, as being important. That stands in the face of like, oh, I got to go to another Bible study. For some people, the last thing you need is another Bible study. You don't need to have another thing on your calendar. Like I'm telling you, one of the biggest stealers of joy of this generation is just busyness. And it's so frustrating to watch from the outside in. Like, we just relax a lot at our house. We really do. I'm not nearly as busy as people think I am. I'm really not. I have a lot of downtime. Um, Anyways, go back to uh, Isaiah 30. So when it says, yeah, the people are saying, tell us pleasant things, 
prophesy illusions. Look at verse 11. Man, if this is not our world, I don't know what is. Verse 11, leave this way, get off this path. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. I'm going to read that again. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. You know, when we read in Nehemiah that it says the people refused to listen, this is what's happening. It's the exact same story. It's, it's not that they're not hearing. They're, they're hearing, but they're covering their ears and saying, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. Because this idea of being alive in Christ and dead to self, it means that I'm going to have to give up some things, right? It means that I may have to give up the, the plans that I have, it may mean that I, that I have to give up what the, what the society says makes me successful. And then verse 12, it says, Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says, because you have rejected this message, relied on oppression, and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall cracked and bulging that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery, shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found or for taking coals from a hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Okay, so pause here. So this is why it's important that we're always following the Lord and not following man. Okay? Um, if you're following a leader, they all have their limitations and they're all going to let you down at some point. That's the only promise I make that I can fulfill is I will let you down. I promise you I will. If you don't believe that, you just haven't hung out with me enough, right? And so the issue here is God's people, they're not listening. They're not hearing, okay? So this is not my full-time job. A lot of y'all know my full-time job is I build things. And so it means I, sometimes I'm swinging a hammer. Um, sometimes I'm acting as a general contractor, and I've, I've done that, I guess, full-time for about six years now. And as I look around the room, um, there's a couple people in the room who have met Work Russell, okay? There's Normal Russell, and then there's Work Russell, okay? Who's met Work Russell in the room? Uh, oh, really? That many? Ooh, that's not good. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think some of y'all have. To be, Matt has 100%. Uh, Kinsey has absolutely. Some of y'all, I don't think y'all have met Work Russell. Okay, so here's the thing. Work Russell, he is, um, listen, there's, there's business and then there's personal. Please hear this. I, I run a business. I'm a business owner. That's why I, I make business decisions. And sometimes I have to make business decisions that are not personal. Please hear this, next generation. Everything is not a personal attack against you. And so I make difficult business decisions in a hyper-competitive uh, arena. You know what I mean? Like in my job, when I do remodels and I've built a couple custom homes or any, any sort of addition, do you realize there are people lined up behind me to do the job? You understand that, right? Work is a, I mean, is a, um, a gift, Work, I am grateful for work. And so business, Russell, I have to be, uh, I have to be uh, super aware of the finances, of the time. I have to be super aware of my margins. You know, I cannot write up a contract and say, I know I said 30000 but it's going to be 38000 You can't do that. Okay, that's bad business. And in this town, bad, uh, the names get around. And all of my business comes from um, just from um, 
referrals. Yeah, I don't do any advertising or anything, right? And so there's business Russell. And if you've really met business Russell, sometimes if you take him personally, he's a jerk. I'm just going to be honest. I never personally attack someone, but business Russell, if you're making mistakes, he's going to let you know about it because your mistake costs two. Me. It costs me money. And I'm not here to make millions. You know why I do my job? Is to feed my family. Okay? And so business Russell is completely separate from personal Russell. And some people can't understand this. You know, and there are times when I make really difficult business decisions. I say, hey, you're not the right guy for this job. Or, or I'll work with you some, and then I'm not going to call you to come back. Right? And so I have guys that some of them work with me some. And... Um, Oh, one of the things that frustrates business, Russell, more than anything else is when guys don't listen. Oh, it drives me crazy. Like, because if, if, if we're doing trim, you know, if I'm trimming out a house or building cabinets or something, if you're working with me, if I look at you and I say, hey, 27, 11, 16, you know whose job it is to remember that number? That's your job. If I look at you and say, I need that 27, 11, 16, and you come back and it's 27 and 5 eighths, it is is wrong okay please hear that there's no such thing as close enough one of my least favorite questions is hey is this good enough when someone says that i'm like bro if you're asking that question we're not are we're not aligned anyway so point being business russell he's a different guy like he really is and please hear me he's good at his job by the way he is okay but one of the things i can't like can't like I can put up with mistakes. I swear I can. Now I'm having to backtrack. <laughs> Sorry. I swear. Like mistakes happen. I promise you. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. But something I cannot stand is when people don't listen and when they don't remember. Right? And so I've had guys that I'll work with, and I've had some guys they find ways to listen. They find ways to remember. If I say 27 and 11 16th, I had one guy that worked for me that he would walk away and it would be a song. 27 and 11 16th, ooh, ah, 27 and he would sing it over and why? Because he found a way to remember. I had another guy that he kept a, like, a, like a wax pencil and I'd say 27 11 16th and he would write it on his arm. Why? He found a way to remember. I had another guy that he would keep just a little thing in his, in his bag and pull it out, and I would say 27, 11, 16, and he would write it down on that piece of paper. Why? He found a way to listen. And if you want to see work, Russell, get really, really frustrated is when you don't listen. It makes me so mad. And I would say 27, 11, 16, and they go, and then they'd come back, and there would be times where guys would say, How, what was that measurement? And I'd honestly say, bro, I don't know, because my job is not to remember. My job is to tell you, and if you can't do your job, I'll find someone that can. Again, he's kind of a jerk. Don't take it personally. You know, I'm paying you well. You know, I pay from 20 to $35 an hour. I like to overpay what guys are worth, okay? And so I'm like, man, you have to, anyways, Sorry. <laughs> Work, Russell. Calm down. Um, yeah, sorry. It's, <laughs> it's stressful. It's stressful. Well, and here's the thing, too. If mistakes are made, dude, I've made a mistake that cost me thousands of dollars. Not, I'm not, I don't mean some business. It costs Russell thousands of dollars. And so I'm just stressed out. Maybe I am just a jerk. Who knows, man? What if that's the real Russell and this is just church Russell? <gasps> Oh my gosh. 
What? Ooh. Okay. Please do. Um, okay, guys, but, but here's, the, here's the thing, is that the Lord calls us to remember. He calls us, hey, don't forget. And the world is constantly trying to get you to forget who you are and forget what the church is. And, and if you're not careful, if you don't stay awake, you'll start believing things like the church exists for you. I'm going to say that again. If you're not aware, if you forget, if you're not remembering, you will start to believe that, that the church exists for your comfort. You'll believe that. And you'll start to believe things that the job of the church is to, is to provide you with things. And in our culture, people will say things that sounds nice and it sounds pretty. And, and in our culture, we are creating consumer Christians that your only job is to show up and consume. Or, or in our culture, if you don't remember who the church is, you will start believing that there's such a thing as an online church. You'll start believing. You'll look around and you'll see other people saying, well, online, I guess I can, I, sure, I can, I can experience the fullness of the body of Christ while not being there. Guys, please hear me say this. No, you can't. And you'll start believing the lie that it's just you and Jesus. And you'll start opening up the scriptures and you'll read every time it says the word you, you'll think it's who? Me. And when it reads you, 99% of the time in the New Testament, it means what? Y'all. And if you, if you don't pay attention, if you forget these things, then you'll start believing those. Right? So here's the great thing. You remember I said, uh, um, this is why we don't follow leaders, we follow the Lord. Okay, if you followed Russell, when you'd forget, when you don't remember, there's guys that I've fired in the middle of the day because they couldn't pay attention. Like there's guys that, that it was time to go to lunch and we packed up and I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you for the rest of the day, but I don't want you to come back. Why? Because you can't listen to me. You're no good. If I have to repeat myself over and over, I can't stand repeating myself. And I've had someone had a problem with that. Like, well, you're one of those guys that you expect me to hear something and, and you only have to say it once. And I'm like... Yes, that's exactly, I don't think that's too far-fetched. Anyway, sorry, different, sorry. Here's the thing, you don't work for me. You're not held accountable to me. We are held accountable to the Lord. Look at verse uh, 15. Look at how he responds when his children, when me, when you, when we constantly, over and over, refuse to listen. Guys, this is grace and mercy, by the way. This is what the sovereign Lord, verse 15, the Holy One of Israel says. Look at this. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we'll flee on horses. And then look at this. He says, therefore, you'll flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, on a mountain like a banner on a hill. Verse 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. 
Blessed are all those who wait for him. And so guys, just, just please remember to remember. Please don't believe what the world's telling you about who you are, about what the church is. Please, please be aware. Please uh, go read Luke chapter 8. That's the one where, where Jesus says, listen carefully how you listen. Or he says, pay attention to how you listen. He doesn't say pay attention to what you listen to. He says pay attention how you are listening. And so that's why we want everything we do and say to, to just go back to God's Word. Is that, is that what God says? Is that what He speaks to us? Is that the truth? Because so, the world tells you a lot different. I promise you. Pay attention to it. It happens. So uh, let me um, pray for us. And what we're going to do, let me go ahead and prepare you. What we're going to do next week is we're going to take communion next week. Okay, and, uh, and please don't, don't take communion as it's like, oh, it's bread and wine, okay, blah, blah, blah. No, the purpose of communion is so we remember who we are. So all this week, please be at least thinking about that. That's the point of communion is, is Jesus says, as often as you take this. So it's something that we're supposed to do regularly. Some churches take it every week. Some take it every month, okay? We don't know. We're not sure, but we're, we know we're supposed to do it regularly. And the point of it is why? This do in remembrance of what? Me. Me, right? In remembrance because we are prone to forget. But please, guys, some of y'all need to sing a song. Some of y'all need to write it on your arm. Some of y'all need to write it on a piece of paper. Don't forget who you are. Find a way to remember who you are. And the world, I promise you, is distorting that truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you speak to us. God, I pray that your truth was spoken today. I pray that that people heard what they needed to hear. I, I am just so, God, these verses just, just jump out at me. The, where Israel says, see no more visions, no more prophets. Give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Like that verse right there, tell us pleasant things. Lord, that's, that's our world. We don't want to hear, we do not want to hear the truth. We just want pleasant things that make us feel good about ourselves, but it ends in death. And then it says, leave this way. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Lord Jesus, help us to be people that we just walk in the truth. Like those, those verses are, those just speak to me, man. And then the fact that you say that you want to be gracious and compassionate. So, Lord, I, I pray that we would constantly follow you, that we wouldn't follow a person. Um, and I pray that we, we would remember. Lord, teach us how to remember. Teach us how to listen carefully, that we wouldn't close our ears. We have so much stuff clogging up our ears and, and, and fighting for our attention. God, help us be men and women of, of power and love and discipline, and that we'd be disciplined in listening. Um, and so this is our prayer, Lord, as you're with us this week, help us to remember, help us to remember to remember and help us think about what we think about. So this is our prayer. Amen.